0: This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association of professionals in parking, transportation, and mobility. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is Brian Wolfe, President and CEO at Parker Technology. How are you doing today, Brian?
1: I am doing great, Isaiah. Thanks for asking. How about you? I'm great,
0: man. And I'm so excited to talk to you. With a little too. spoiler. We, we spent the first 10 minutes talking about Michigan football because <laughs> you're, you're a Michigan man, went to the University of Michigan. So I'm glad Indeed. we can finally talk more about that.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: I saw that from your LinkedIn. I also saw, you know, you have a pretty wide range of experience from, from banking to pharma to, to cloud computing. So I'm just scratching my head wondering how in the world you got into parking.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, so first, I love that you ask all of your guests. I've listened to your podcast. I love that you ask all of your guests because we've actually asked during like conferences. Everybody has a story about how they got to parking and it's all unique. They're all unique stories. And so mine's no different. So if you go back and looked at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that it's all sales and marketing by and large, right? So I've, I've been selling for 30 years, 32 years, 31 years, something like that. And so the, the unique way that I got to parking is that in, take it back to November of 2014, I actually got fired from the company, from a company that I started. I was a co-founder of a technology company. Wow, and, the, the uh, Steve
0: Jobs getting kicked off the, the board from <laughs> Apple from, I can't think of the name of the, the board, the
1: chair board of it. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and by the way, that's exactly how I make myself feel better. I compare myself <laughs> to Steve <laughs> Jobs. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, it's not quite, not, not quite the same caliber. We'd been in the business. We'd had a lot of great success. CEO changed. I survived for a year, year and a half. And then, you know, he brought in his guy and, you know, it's the classic story, right? And so in November of 2014, I, I've got to figure out how I'm going to feed my family. And, and one of the ways that popped up was uh, I'd met a guy along the way. I'd gotten to, to do some investing, and one of the guys that I, that I had met was running a digital marketing company, and this digital marketing company had a customer that they were trying to rebrand and relaunch, and the name of the customer was Parker. And so we got to talking back and forth and James and I had always tried to find something to do together for probably three or four years. Couldn't do it. And finally, so this Parker opportunity popped up and he said, hey, I need somebody to go work a booth at a trade show in March. You want to go, go be a sales guy at the booth for Parker? I'm like, sure, why not? Sure. <laughs> so was, it, was it forward. like a, a
0: parking trade show or one of these like city or hospital? Type yeah, it was, it, it
1: was actually pie. 2015 in Chicago. Oh, okay. All okay. Right. So, so imagine. I'm sure you can imagine. Imagine walking into the to the trade show booth or to the exhibit hall, and you know, of course, my eyes lit up because I had absolutely no idea what in, what was involved in parking. I was like every other person who doesn't know anything about parking. You pull a ticket, you go out, you pay, and and you go on your way, right? And so, obviously. My eyes lit up. There was tremendous, there were all kinds of cool companies in there early on. This is 2015. And so we did the show. We got some leads. We came back to Indianapolis and I said, okay, so we got all these leads. Who's gonna who's gonna follow up on the leads? And they're like, Well, why don't you follow up on the leads? I'm like, All right, got let's it. do that. So I start following up on the leads. We start to have some success. Three months later, the next show was probably IPI or IPMI at the time. And so they took me along again. I, I must have impressed them enough to at least let me go again. And so we did that show. We got more leads. We had more success. We got to NPA, same thing. Mm-hmm. And then by that fall, our chairman, Perry Griffith, called me and said, hey, what do you think about coming to work for Parker full time? I thought about that. And I'm like, well, it was a very straightforward solution. We were having tremendous success. And so I wrote a business plan that said, I needed X amount of cash and we'd be off and running and uh, presented that to the board in January of 16 and they, they gave me the money and off we went. So that's, that's my oh, story. That's how I got into parking. That's a great story. I remember my first conference, already been in parking for a few years, but
0: finally got permission to go to the one of the IPMIs and just blown away. Just, you know, one of the, the Vegas ones way. where it's like a whole hall and then you yeah. go into another whole hall and it just kept going. I'm like, I had no clue all this is part of parking.
1: It was um, amazing. It, it is amazing it, how it, complex and how hard parking is. It, it really is. <laughs> I certainly heard,
0: appreciate that now. I've seen sources, 30 billion. I've seen one source, 100 billion. I use that yeah. in my, my podcast, but it's it's a big industry nonetheless. But you talk about the solution and Parker and the booth and trade shows, but what exactly are your core solutions? What yeah. is
1: Parker technology all about? Yeah. So, to answer the question, I'd like to digress just a minute and sort of give a little context for how we do what we do. So, yeah. so in the last 12 months, our call center has taken a million calls from people stuck in parking garages. Mm. And so, if, if we take that data, and some people have had me, heard me share this before, but if you take that data and you extrapolate that to the universe, it would tell you that 85 million times a year, someone gets stuck in a parking garage. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's probably a conservative number to be honest. Wow. Exactly. And so then that, that makes you start to think about, well, what is happening? Why are 85 million people getting stuck? So then go back 20 years and think about what's taken place. So cashiers got removed, automated machines came in. Yep. They put a help button on that machine, but I am absolutely certain based on our success and based on what our customers tell us every day that nobody ever expected that help button to get pressed because it was going to be about the machine. Something, something was wrong with the machine, right? The yep. machine is broken. The tickets were out, something like that. Well, the truth is, again, going back to the data, the data doesn't lie. 15% of the calls that we get are because the machine failed. 85% of the time that that help button gets pressed it gets pressed because a human is failing so how do i pay i lost my ticket i don't understand the validation my credit card's not working all of those things are contributing to this 85 so it's 60 million times a year and so again go back to 20 years ago when they took the human out they did not expect that number of people to get stuck so what did they do they they wired that help button Either to either the landline in the office or to somebody's cell phone today.
0: Some maintenance guy who could care yep. less cleaning garages in an
1: underground garage. Yep. And whose job it is not to take a help call. I'm still for sure looking for a job description for someone who works in, the, in a, uh, you know, an ambassador or a manager where taking help calls is in their job description. It's not, it's an afterthought. And it's happening a lot and it impacts the customer experience tremendously because sometimes the phone call doesn't even get answered. Sometimes it gets answered in a minute. And so what Parker does is when someone presses a help button in a parking facility that we service, so we, we take care of 250 or so facilities, 1200 lanes across the United States, we answer that call in an average of 11 seconds and we resolve the issue in less than a minute. And 85% of the time, it's a successful transaction. So, there are lots of people that have misconceptions about the fact that we're just there to take the call and raise the gate. That is not what we do. Hey, when in um, doubt, let them out. Isn't that the, the, the well, mantra before
0: Parker Technology?
1: That's exactly, well, and so that's what happens when it rings in that person's pocket. Yep. They are pressing the five to let them out. I've had it where... I've been in the garage, hit the intercom. They don't even talk to me.
0: They just would hit star four or whatever the gate would raise. And I would just laugh like, yes. I mean, not one of our garages, of course, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, I wanted to pay. It's like, I was validated. I want you to get your money. I'd throw my yep. ticket on there hope that the wind doesn't blow it. Just, yep. yeah, it drives you crazy. So I'm glad there's solutions like that.
1: So the, the, you said a couple of really important things. So first you expected and you wanted to pay. And so why not help that person through the transaction? They're just confused, the credit card's in the wrong way. That's number one, and that's what we do. We help people complete transactions. The second thing that's most important, and by the way, I had the same experience three years ago at a football game on another college campus. They'll remain nameless, but they are a customer now, which is kind of <laughs> awesome. Okay. The phone rang to the local campus police, and they didn't even talk to me. They just raised the gate. I expected to pay the 12 bucks. But how many students do you think have figured that out that before we got there, that if they just press the button, the gate would go up. And sure. how, so how much revenue? I, I just talked to another university, in fact, a university that we're going to present with at, at IPMI, and their revenue tripled when they put the gates down and they installed somebody to help them at the, at the, at the gate.
0: Oh, I, I'm sure. And, and I do got to ask though, the one where you had a poor experience and they ended up becoming a customer, did you
1: use that as your sales pitch to, to, to get that customer? Very gently, very <laughs> yeah, gently. That's, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's great. And it took me a couple of years to, to haul them in. Again, it takes a little time. I'm sure you, you experienced this too. One, one of the phenomena I think that's, that's beginning to happen with Parker and specifically is I've heard numerous times that operators are leery to do business with companies that they meet for the first time or even for the first two times that they sort of make you hang around for three years or so before, before yep. they'll really jump in with both feet because they're just not sure you're going to survive. I attribute a lot of that, frankly, to how hard parking is. There are lots of technology companies that are trying to jump into parking and they are just blown away by how hard it is to do what the parking operators do every day. It's hard. Does your intercom, do you have, I've seen some some
0: solutions out there where you, you can actually see the call center person because yeah. that's kind of helpful when you could see how they're pointing their credit card or you just feel more comfortable when you could see their expression and see their body language.
1: Yeah, for sure. So in fact, that is one of our main hooks. So we, we can take calls, audio only calls from virtually any intercom. You can just reprogram the phone number and it'll land on our platform. But the company was really born out of developing two-way video intercoms. And in fact, we hold several patents for delivering two-way video intercom interactions in a parking facility. You can rest assured that if you see two-way video in a parking facility, it is, it is Parker's underlying technology. So what can you say about
0: that as, as far as a lot of success with just the intercom, but have you seen any best practices or some differences when the video is installed, does it take longer actually or does it take shorter is it have you, do you have any yeah. stats about that so it put you on the spot like that
1: no no so the um, which is good because it's sort of the second piece of the magic that is that is parker if i could it is so it it doesn't matter if it's a, an audio only or a video call clearly video helps settle people down so when they see somebody nose to nose virtually they 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 are not nearly as animated i'll say i'll say it that way as as someone else. The second thing is a lot of times we got some great videos of people that catches them by surprise. Uh, I just heard a story the other day where so, uh, somebody, one of our CSRs answered the call and it popped up and, and that person was shocked that they actually saw the person on the other end. So there's no question it yeah. delivers a better customer experience. You can show the credit card, the person can show the credit card. I mean, now in, in COVID-19 land, Zoom is all the rage and so I would expect that people to be even more comfortable in a two-way video situation. The magic that we've created behind the scenes is a piece of software that is really sort of a combination of a knowledge management and a workflow engine that gives our CSRs that puts at our at our CSRs fingertips the business rules of the facility. And so one of the ways that we can be really quick about understanding the problem and getting them on their way whether it's audio only or it's video. Is that the garage business rules are right in front of us, or right in front of the CSRs. And so they can hear the, the issue, go to the rules, follow the rules, and get somebody out. And it happens very quickly. But that platform is really the key enabler to giving us the ability to keep the call under a minute. That's the secret sauce.
0: I've seen some of this, some demos of some of our call centers, and I think it was. Emojo, forgive yep. me if I don't know yeah. the software, if that's correct. Yeah,
1: Emojo is behind the scenes. They, they yeah. are the other predominant it, parking yeah, software platform. Yeah, it's just the tools that
0: you, companies like you have these days where you're not just blindfolded. You actually see maybe yeah. a layout of the garage, the most commonly yep. questions, the rates, all this information right at their fingertip. Yeah. And when they call, it pulls up the camera, it pulls up yep. the location right in front of you. So, you're not having to select and click. And you mentioned COVID. You know, I'm not sure when this yeah. is going to be aired, but that is a great point. I think yeah. that's, that's my thing. Sorry, mom and dad, they're a little older, but they, we did a birthday party on Zoom and they did great. And my, yeah. my fourth and fifth grader are on Zoom doing classes with their teachers. So I think you guys are very well positioned for the future yeah. because the world is getting used to this, talking to someone by screen. So I think yeah. that's a great point. So whether it's in-person or two-way video or even an intercom, I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy of authentic concern.
1: Yeah, for so sure. I know
0: you've, you've presented about this at a number of conferences. you published articles. What is your definition of authentic concern? And talk about a little bit how you instill that into your, into your employees and throughout your company's culture.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. So in a nutshell, or in the most simple form, authentic concern is really defined as a company just simply demonstrating that they care about the customer experience. And so I've written columns and and articles that sort of point out the the difference between somebody saying that customer service is important and somebody actually delivering it. So great example, uh, self-serving example, of course, is you've got a parking operator that says customer service. We park people, customer service is most important. And then you go to the exit, and you hit the, the help button, and nobody shows up, right? Or you get somebody who shows up, and, and they really could care less about delivering a great experience. So we try and anchor it in this concept that if, if you say you mean it, you have to really mean it. And you have to deliver a customer experience that transcends what your, what your competitor is doing next door. It has to deliver to an industry or to a world standard, which is Everyone's measuring your customer ex- experience by the way they were treated at Disney, by the way they're treated at the Hilton, by the way they're treated at you know, they walk into Tiffany's to buy a $10,000 diamond ring. People don't make a distinction between a parking facility and the best customer experience they've ever had. And so yep. you've, you've got to deliver authentic concern, and by the way, people know when you're not delivering authentic concern. And so. I've always asserted and in fact I wrote some articles about the concept of mirroring, the concept of people, you know, building affinity with people and it, you know the mirroring concept is nothing more than people are going to give you back what you've given them. So if you deliver a dark, dungy, dirty garage, then people already know that you probably don't care about anything more than their money mm-hmm. because it's a place to park. But if you deliver a well-lit well-signed, quick help, people around the garage, then people will respond to that and they'll be happy to pay because you've delivered an experience that's worthy of authentic concern and worthy of you giving them, the customer giving them your money.
0: Yeah. And sometimes I just want to find the manager of a store and give them a hug just because (laughs) you can see they've installed this authentic concern. I was, back in the days when we can actually fly in airplanes, I, I, (laughs) I was boarding a flight, and the the gate agent gave me a thank you card, and you know I thought, okay, this is some boilerplate pre printed, and yep. she said my name, where I was going, I love that city, this is my favorite spot, and it was like, I was kind of blown away. I'm like, wow, totally. this is like what makes someone want to do that? What I hate talking about Chick Fil A because everyone talks about that, but they do yep. things differently. They the, they the my pleasure, the going out of your way. You've you've seen funny stories on social media about. Uh, memes about Chick-fil-A workers, but they, they yep. do, you know. My pleasure. It. Yeah, right. they, they, they do a great job in, in installing that. So, I, I think it doesn't matter whether it's intercom, you're talking to voice only, they still know if you care and if you're showing that authentic
1: concern. So, that's what they do. Stuff. And if I, if I could, uh, I'll tell a quick pharma story uh, just related to what I believe drives authentic concern is top down, the leaders of the company have to believe in it and they have to drive it through all the way to the, what I would argue is the most important person in our company. And that is the person delivering the service. So I would know within 10 seconds. So I was a, I was a pharma rep way back in the early nineties. And so, you know, the, for those that may not know, pharma reps, they go in, they talk to physicians and they would get a signature and give, give our little blurb, 60 seconds, what have you. But I could walk in And within 10 seconds of it interacting with the receptionist, I knew exactly what type of physician I was going to get, whether it was a warm office, (laughs) an awful office, because the the culture of the business was driven from the physician down. And I just knew that if that receptionist was warm and inviting, I was going to get a warm and inviting physician. And it happened every single time. And so in a lot of ways that, that informed my philosophy and my, my drive to make sure that we create an environment at Parker that actually results in our customer service representatives delivering a great customer experience because it is so critical that everybody in the company believes that. And I certainly do.
0: Yeah, that's great. That was one of the questions I had just about, you know, your experience with, you have such a nice range of experience and, and- how are you able to draw from that and bring it yeah. into the parking? So that's a great answer. Uh, one, I listened to a business podcast recently. I can't remember the company. I wish I knew it, but they were just talking about culture and they were talking about this famous CEO who you listen to all his speeches and when he's talked to his company and annual reviews, they said he he always said the same thing. If He just said it differently, but it always came down to saying the same thing. Yeah, And he said, that's intentional that you you know, you have to have to find that one thing, the clarity that the company can rally around. And I think yours is that authentic concern and that you talk about that so many different avenues, but you're saying the same thing. And, you know, employees need clarity. They got to know what the, yeah. what the CEO believes in, what the president believes in. And when it's done effectively, it just instilled throughout the whole company. So I think you're doing a fabulous job with it.
1: I appreciate that, especially in today's world. And mm-hmm. again, depending on when, we, when this airs, communication and trying to help people understand that if they're safe, and, and thank goodness all of our employees have, have remained safe and remained employed, that you, you deliver that news to them so that they can feel safe and they can know what's going on. But at the same time, on multiple occasions, so I would send out weekly updates, and uh, on multiple occasions, I, I would try to signal to them in the most gentle way possible that changes could come and as long as the environment held then then we would continue to stay on the plan that we're on but i was also trying to be transparent with them and honest with them that if if the if the business environment you know deteriorated then we were going to have to make difficult choices and thank goodness we didn't have to or we haven't had to so far but you know that open and honest exchange people have to know that i care about them as people and that i'm doing all that i can to make sure that uh, they know what's going on. They know what the mission of the company is and and that they're valued.
0: Yeah, no one ever quits because the company was communicated too much or was yeah. too clear in their instructions, was too clear in their purpose, was too It's always you know, a lack of clarity. They, I, uh, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand. you know you get yeah. you hear a lot of that, and I think yeah. communication is so key, and that's why when this happened, one of our first things was we've got to talk to every single client, pick up the yeah. phone. Yeah. Us millennials, you know, we like to email and yeah. text, but we gotta pick up the phone, have those conversations, have weekly meetings, have daily check-ins, do what you can to communicate, 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 and yeah. continue instilling the culture in your employees. All right. So we talked a little bit about the future with COVID, and you know what you guys are doing. I think you're well positioned with the intercoms and the two-way video. But you know, as I think, as parking operations invest heavily in, in the integration of new technology into the operations. Yep. I know you've talked a lot about in the past with how human interaction may actually need to be increased. Does that, does that stand true going into this post-COVID? And does human interaction necessarily mean in person all the time? So what are your thoughts there on how this is going to change going into the future?
1: Yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's going to change. And as I, as I wrote in a, in a column uh, just last month, You know, the the digital transformation of parking was well underway before COVID showed up. And I believe that 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 wave is just going to continue to roll through the industry. You know, one of the unique positions that I I had back in 2006 when we started the cloud computing company is I, I got a front row seat to see the digital transformation of the technology industry. So, you know, in 2006, there were only four companies that did what we did. Everyone was still using physical servers. The cloud didn't even exist. It didn't get invi- invented until 2008. But what mm. happened is, you know, the cloud computing just rolled through the industry and digitized everything. And so the same thing is happening in parking. But what I will say is what's happening in, with the technology is that the technology is changing so fast that the humans aren't able to adapt to it. And so as as people pour technology into their facilities what I would say is rather than increasing the amount of human interaction they need to at least balance it and so they need to balance human with with technology because people are going to get confused again go back to the 85% of the reason we get help calls is because somebody's confused or somebody lost something that's not going to change no matter how good the technology gets the humans are gonna break in the face of technology and so as technology goes in, the ability to at least think about how to deliver a well-informed, patient, knowledgeable individual at that point of confusion. It does not have to be in person. In fact, I'd argue, again, I just wrote a column where I, where I think the parking industry's got an opportunity to hit the big reset button around their resourcing and how they resource their facilities because technology is going to keep evolving. And, it gives us the ability just like Zoom to deliver two-way video conversations or deliver conversations at the point of need. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person. Well,
0: that was the big thing when all the garages went automated, like you said, about 20, 15 years ago. You know, they envisioned this, no payroll, and then they realized, then they started using the term ambassador. We, we still need right. people out there greeting right. and helping with the machines. Um, yep. You know, technology is is not a fix-all solve-all it's going to increase your efficiencies it will lower your your cost but there's still that human interaction whether it's virtual whether it's through two-way video but it's it's still needed i think even like they talk about the future of on-street enforcement you know will it be automated and enforced with cameras well you're still going to need just as many people reviewing the camera hits is that an (laughs) i or an l or one you know and and Verifying is that a police officer or a car? Do I mail them a ticket or not? So it's, and I think you're right too. The second thing was, this is a great time. You know, a lot of cities or operations have wanted to, to maybe go mobile payment only, but on on a lot, yep. but they're afraid for that seven percent that are unbanked or, or whatnot. And I think now it's it's. A, I don't want to say the word excuse. I hate to use that word, but it's a, it's perfect time to yep. to make that change, to rip that bandaid off because this like I said, everyone from young to old are ordering food on apps and there's just, it's the, it's the new world we're living in. And then I can't, maybe it's Moore's law, but there's that, that law that says technology doubles every two years or, or something because- That is indeed Moore's law. Yeah. It, pretty soon it'll be like the, the Star Wars D 2 where you got the little hologram in a garage talking to talking to someone i'm sure parker technology will be doing that <laughs> i was gonna say did, did you
1: get a look at my 10-year roadmap? <laughs> no That's, uh it's sure funny. it's coming up but what about any other
0: uh, you know major aha moments as you yeah. kind of coming from the, the the wide range you've had coming from outside yep. the industry anything that really uh, struck you as unusual or just yep. gave you a great idea on something
1: well i think I think that what's most important i was I was talking to an, to a owner of an or an operator uh, just the other day, and I made this point so i I'm four years in four and a half years into the parking industry, i guess technically five I was a consultant for a year but i remember and i've re, i've referred to this several times I remember my view from parking on the outside in was always this view of Business people operating in the shadows, right? Doing business out of cigar boxes with tens and twenties sliding into their right hand or right pocket and things like that, right? So so not always on, on the level. And then when I got to parking, so two things really stuck out to me, the, the big aha's. First, I would come home after every trip and and tell my wife, Jill, that I had just met the nicest people I had ever met in my entire life. Parking people are just the nicest people you would ever want to meet. And then the second thing is that I, I had met very astute, very savvy, very conscientious, very hardworking business people that had, that were just the salt of the earth, but you could tell that they knew their operations. They were running great businesses, probably making great money. But they were great business people and they were the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. And trust me, I've come from, uh, coming from technology, those were not the nicest people that you'd ever want to meet. And certainly, uh, pharma varied, but, but uh, I feel like I had landed in a pile of you know what and came out smelling like a rose because uh, parking is really, it was a, such a pleasant surprise to be able to do business with great people who are really good business people who are paying attention to the bottom line and wanting to do what's best for the customer.
0: Yeah, and that's And I well said, couldn't agree more. In fact, I've told the story. This is probably the third time I told on the podcast So my listeners are tired of hearing it, but I got to repeat it because it's such a great story. But (laughs) we were doing the, for the CAP certification, which is the parking certification, in the parking industry, we were doing, we had to do a job description survey analysis, right? So we had a survey, all whatever, 15,000 people in the IPMI catalog members and the person that was helping us develop this this job description for the certification said she was blown away to this day about the feedback we got on the, the surveys that like, I can't remember the number, but 70 yeah. percent of the people that got the survey responded. And this is a, you know, a big survey, 20, 30 minutes of your time. Yep. And she's worked with developed certifications for dentists, lawyers, for all these different, and it's lucky if you get four, three, four or five percent yeah to this day, she doesn't know why parking got like sixty, seventy percent, and I, I don't know why either. Maybe it's just this range of people that fell into it that I don't know. I don't know yeah. the the
1: psychology behind it, but such great people. well, and i can I can tell you that 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 reminds me of one of the other really, I think, important technology trends that's beginning to that, that is beginning to sort of take hold into parking, and that is. If you think about all of the regional players and all of the parks equipment that historically was closed, proprietary, can't get into it. And what happened in technology, if you go all the way back, Lou Gerstner took over IBM in 93. And one of the first things he did was he opened IBM up so that IBM could interact with HP, could interact with Dell. I don't even sure Dell existed at the time, but the point was it wasn't just about IBM, it was about being open. And I think the more we can talk about that, the more that the technology can be driven into the open so that we can talk, to, so the back ends can talk to each other, will ultimately help our customers deliver a seamless and frictionless experience to their customers. Because not a, I don't think there's a single parking company out there that can do it all. We're gonna have to work together. And in order to work together on behalf of our customers, we're going to have to connect the back ends together to make them talk so that the handoff goes on behind the scenes and the customer is none the wiser that there was a handoff in the middle.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at Reef where I work, we have a call center solution as well. I think it's great. It's been a a big keys to our success. But here I am with you talking about your products and solutions because At the end of the day, it's about the industry. It's about our customers. It's about moving our companies forward together. And leads me to another question, maybe quickly. Yeah, I mean, you probably have to do that a lot. You have to integrate with all these other competitors and hardware and technology. And but at the at the end of the day, I think that's the
1: the path forward. Yeah, but it is definitely the path forward. And so that's why um, we raised capital at the end of last year, and a giant chunk of that capital is going into. A platform rewrite for us that takes our system from a closed system to an open system so that we can talk to the parks equipment probably our best example is that for a couple of years now we've we've been able to deliver two-way video in a flash parking device with just the check of a box and so if somebody grabs a flash wow. parking yeah if they if they install flash parking in their garage then when the configuration happens, they can go in, check a box. There's a little wizardly wizardry that has to go on on the networking side, yep. but we can help them via two-way video without having to install our two-way video hardware. And that is where the industry is headed. We're, we're working with TIBA as well, trying to get that done. We've got the audio only worked out, but we're still trying to work out the, uh, the two-way video piece we will here in the very short, uh, short term but that's where we're headed. We're headed into a world where when the customer experiences a problem, it's probably going to transcend two or three different systems and the person helping them or the system helping them has to be able to connect to those two or three systems because the customer doesn't care. They just want to be able to reserve their parking, pay for their parking or get out of the facility.
0: Yeah. And give my uh, strategic partner, IPMI, another shout out, but they had the, I can't remember the committee name, but they were yeah, trying data to,
1: standards. Data
0: standards, yeah. yeah you get all sure. the systems talking to each other in a uniform yeah. language. And your company, another Apple parable in your story, but the, the Wozniak one in the open computer architecture yeah. and jobs wanting the close. That's great stuff. And lastly, I gotta ask you. So I talked about a little bit at the beginning. You are a Michigan man. Tell us a little bit about your time at the University of Michigan.
1: Well, what I would say is so so thank you for that. It was a great experience. But I have to tell you, as you're living it now, the, the best part of the Michigan experience is now as an alumni, and then obviously I've got an 18-year-old son who's is as big a Michigan fan as I am, is just living the, the Michigan experience outside and after my years at school, whether oh, yeah. it's football or it's, it's uh, basketball. I, I can wear my Michigan stuff. In fact, I just talked to a, a good friend of mine his daughter's going to Michigan. And so he's now wearing Michigan stuff. And he's like, I can't walk down the street anywhere. Florida, New York, <laughs> yeah. California. Without someone
0: giving him a go blue. Is that how Without the story is? Yeah. him a go blue. That's <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It, so that's a really, that's, that's a very fun thing. Oh, yeah. anything,
0: anything else, any other uh, hobbies or things you're interested in yeah. when you're not instilling authentic concern into your operations?
1: Yeah. So a so, uh, couple of things. I still. People are surprised to hear that I still play baseball. So it's it's real baseball. It's not softball. Nine innings with an old man's league. We call it watching paint dry. I
0: gotta say, I hate to interrupt you, but yeah. I'm not surprised because. When you say you've been working for 30 years and you have kids in college, I'm like looking at you. You look like you're you're 31, so I'm not surprised you still that.
1: play baseball in a, in a good way. So. I appreciate that. It's uh, it, it is both a blessing and a curse, by the way. Um, so I, I've had many of opportunities where I walk into a boardroom or a conference room and they'll ask where the boss is. So. <laughs> yeah, <I hear> you. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, less right? I get a little gray in my oh, beard, but oh, that's uh, awesome. So playing baseball and then, you know, my most recent passion, frankly, is, is golf. I have absolutely fallen in love. I've played for, I've, I've played for 25 or 30, well, not, yeah, 25, 30 years, maybe 40. But most recently, if you give me a choice, I'm going to be on the golf course. And the, my good fortune is that my son uh, will play with me. So he, he's sort of my golden ticket or my hall pass, if you will, to, uh, to get out and play. So we have a lot of fun with that.
0: From what I'm hearing, at least locally, all the golf courses are open. You could still social distance. Maybe they take away the golf cart or whatnot, but yeah. you can still get out there with your family and, and get a good 18 rounds. And so, yep. hey, Brian, man, I really, really appreciate it. I think this is going to be a, a great episode. Thank you so much for, for joining the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I have to tell you that all of your guests say this. You did a, you did a great job. I really enjoy the podcast. And I hope you take this the right way, but you have an awesome radio voice. (laughs) Of course, Uh, I get that a lot. But that's a joke because uh, in real life, I'm number one. I'm
0: really introverted. I'm really monotone. So it's like I do have to have to play the part like Disney. I got to play my role for the podcast, and I get that a lot. That's funny. You do do it it fabulously.
1: You have you have a great radio voice. And then I will say I did a little research on you uh, behind the scenes and. You have what I would call or what a good friend of mine has referred to as a really big motor You've (laughs) obviously done lots of really interesting things I go back and look at all the things that you've done, especially You know parking professional of the year a couple years ago. I'm sure that was no small feat And so congratulations for that and and uh, thanks for thanks for giving me an opportunity to to be on your podcast I'm i'm honored
0: and how can listeners learn more about parker technology?
1: Yeah, very simple. You can go to helpmeparker.com or you can send me an email at uh, Brian, wolf W-O-L-F-F, two Fs are important, at helpmeparker.com.
0: That's great. I'm glad Yeah, because there's a hundred ways to spell Brian and Wolf. Brian, <laughs> have a great one, man. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Isaiah. Loved it. Have Bye. a great day.
0: To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.